This is Kai Martin, a.k.a. the Mayor of Igosia, and you're listening to the Live on Mission podcast. Today on the Live on Mission podcast, I've got Kai and Brad. Brad, I think, I think we've promoted you to co-host number two. Good. I, I know that time. that was like that. That was kind of an issue, kind of an unspoken prayer request that you had. To Long be, awaited. Be the uh, other co-host, but <clears throat> Kai is co-host, and now Brad is co-host. So I got all of us in the room. I like to call these episodes triple whammies. Tri- triple whammies. That's better than triple wide. That's <laughs> a, that's reserved for Watkins and what he built on the screens, but. Today we're talking about the most underrated aspect of mission trips. I know what it is. You, you do? You know what the most, it's like there's a lot of different things that you got to plan for in a mission trips. This to us is the most underrated part of planning a mission trip. And you what know is what it, it is. What is it? Souvenir money. Souvenir money is not, it's not even on the top 10 list of underrated aspects it's overrated actually souvenir money's overrated and when you when you're going to exchange your money is always overrated but Mm. the most underrated aspect of mission trips is training training teams to go onto the mission trip well to uh, understand why they're doing it all those different things it's it's so overlooked it's that's why I say it's underrated because a lot of times we rush right past it. We're putting a mission trip together at a church or whatever, and we don't think about that because there's so many other things that we have to think about. So when you talk about underrated aspects of mission trip planning, this idea that I need to train my team to do this well seems to be overlooked. Why, I mean, the question is why? Why is it so overlooked? Why, why do we rush past training so that it's underrated like that? I don't know how many people out there were taught that it's important. So we're not doing it because we haven't been taught that it's important. I mean, if I bet for most of the people, most of the youth pastors out there, college pastors, that they're doing a mission trip uh, for whatever reason, and they're doing it because uh, the way they were taught to do it. They're yeah. doing it for the same reasons. They're doing it. And so that never was a part of the process for putting a mission trip together is to train beforehand. So I've been on mission trips that didn't have training, so that's how I'm going to do it for my group. Yep. And I see that a lot. There's also the just the simple I, fact that there's so many other things that you have to plan for. Um, I mean, you, just, you start making a list, right, of all the things you have to do and plan for in order to put together a mission trip for, let's say, a youth group. What, what, what are all those things? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys, even if they consider training, they pr- – I think they think maybe it's not worth it, you know. Yeah. Putting like you just mentioned, all this stuff I've got to do. Yeah. Why would I put more work in here to try and do something else? And I just don't know if it's going to pay off. Yeah. For a youth ministry, he's, he's planning stuff all year round. He's planning camp. He's planning disciple now retreats, weekends. Every Wednesday night is a whole production, and so then you got a mission trip on the on the schedule. So you got to figure out where we're going to go. We got to figure out who we're going to work with. Do we have a partner? Do I know somebody? What do I even? What does that even look like to find somebody if I don't know somebody that we can go work with? 
how lodging. we're going to get there. Yeah, lodging, food. Transportation. Uh, souvenir money. Souvenir money comes back up again already. Like all those different kinds of things. And, and this list grows. There's a, there's a huge list of all the things i got to check off to plan this trip. Who am I going to take? Who, who's eligible for this trip? Who should be allowed to go? Can, do I take the chairman of the deacon's son who acts like a punk all the time, or do I, do I leave him off? Am I going to get in trouble? Like, there's all this crazy stuff you got to consider and think about, and all those things are important. And to me, it feels like, because of what Brad was talking about, it's never, I've never seen training. I've never even considered it, so I, I just start focusing on all those other things. And I think it, even for someone who does – on the front end see the value in it and want to do it time-wise that can just get drowned out because it feels so much less pressing i think than some of those other things like if you're the mission trip's two weeks away you still don't know who's driving you down there that feels mm-hmm. very pressing yeah. it feels like i have to figure that out or this thing's not going to happen whereas the training it will never feel that level of urgency mm-hmm. because in the back of your mind you think yeah we need to do some training but you also know deep down if you don't, the trip is still going to happen, right? No one's going to exactly. get left behind. No one's going to go without a meal or something like that because you didn't do training. So I think it, it's one of those classic examples of what's press, what feels pressing and urgent can drive away what's most important yeah. because it's never pressing and urgent. And, and behind that lack of urgency has to be a lack of value. Hmm. Like if you really valued training and you said man no we have to be trained well you would not let it fall down that priority list you would you would hold on to it uh, no matter what like no we have to do that and i i remember growing up going on mission trips or hearing about youth groups going on mission trips and and they would do like well you have to make these six sunday nights uh and they would have six sunday nights leading up to it and that's our training Mm -hmm. and that Sometimes that would just turn into like devotional stuff, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just let's look at this passage and let's make sure we're read this passage or read this book or really whatever. just trying to see if that those people would be committed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're committed to coming six Sundays, then you'll probably show up and pay the money to go on this trip and you, you might even do some good things. But it wasn't focused on, hey, here's, here's what training for a mission trip really looks like and because of that you miss some things and 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 that and and it's also it can also be a resource issue you know a lot of guys and and ladies may wonder what would i do like Mm -hmm. what is even involved in training and where are the books that teach you how to do this and who can do it yeah if i don't if i don't know how to train them i'm definitely not going to do it right if i and and that's what I, i try to tell people all the time at IGO, we sit around and think about training students and training people for missions, to live on mission, mission trips, all that stuff. That's all we're really thinking about all the time. We, we have meetings to discuss it, whereas a youth minister, that may just not be on the radar, and, and I understand it. they got so many other things that they have to do on a weekly basis on the, in, the, in that year calendar to think about training. If I don't, if I don't have an idea of what that looks like, I'm probably going to just skip it and not, mm-hmm. not make it a, a – a priority or a value for sure but the result of that and this is why I'm saying this is so underrated and we need to bring it up and we need to talk about it is because the result of that can really be scary uh, the result of that is um, a mission trip without training can lead to some really really negative consequences down the road Brad like I don't I don't know what 
I don't know if we're saying that mission trips, every mission trip without training is bad, like it's not worth it. Is that, is that what we're saying? Or No, what we're saying is that if you don't have training, it's bad. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, that, that helps clarify it because, I mean, you know, the reality is that you can, you can have a mission trip and you cannot train your students. They can go over there and they can experience something and it, and it can change their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's the what you have to think about is what is the end, go- end goal? Yeah. What is the win here? And if you're not thinking about training or you don't care or you think it's not worth it, and your hope is that um, for this mission trip, everybody has a really good experience mm-hmm. or you see some things change, um, you want these kids to be changed, these students to be changed, but you really – if all you're thinking about is I want everybody to have a good time, I want the weather to be good, I want um, you know nobody to get hurt, I want us to be safe. If that's what you're thinking and what you're wanting out of a mission trip, you're wanting more committed kids, um, then you could just take them to an event at an amusement park. That would be the same goal of taking kids to an amusement park. It would be have a good experience, we hope the weather's good, we hope we're safe, we hope we have fun, and people have fun memories. But th- if that's the end goal, you're not thinking about training, that's when you don't get the result. You have to ask yourself, what is the end goal here? What is the, the win? The win is transform students, not just making an impact on the trip, but they are, um, the impact on them is lifetime, lifelong impact on them. Short-term experience, long-term impact. And that only comes through the training. Yeah, I, it, it only comes through the training, but I think for me, I'm acknowledging that I went on a mission trip in college with no training. Mm-hmm. But it completely changed my view of the world and my view of God's role in it. Right. But it almost feels like, and, and it's not the best way to say this, but it's the only way I, I got right now to say it. It almost feels like that those kinds of effects happen by accident without training. Sure. Obviously, God's in control of that, but it's we didn't plan for this. We didn't we didn't set up anything to where it's really driving this home for the students. And so if there's a long-term impact that comes out of a mission trip without planning, planning or training with it, it's almost like hmm. that was just an accident. That was just a yeah. wow, that's cool that that happened, but that's not what we planned for. Right. Yeah, it's almost like you give one of those sermons where you put it off and put it off and didn't prepare well and God still used it, right? And maybe yeah. it was great. But yeah. It's not a. Mm-hmm. So it's not something to celebrate. It's not something to go. Yeah, let's do that again. Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe you were prepared enough, and it intersected with the experience right. that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't send kids into a battle or a competition without preparing them. The Bible says we are in a spiritual battle, right? Very clearly, and that's what a mission trip is, and beginning with prayer. And so, why would we not prepare them to go into battle? I think that's so true when you talk about defining what the goal of the mission trip is. And I think as soon as you do that, mm-hmm. the idea of training all of a sudden becomes much higher of a priority if you understand the goal of this is to see at least one of the goals the students' lives shaped and transformed. Well, how, how is that going to happen if they don't have training? It's almost like, as you guys were talking, I was sitting there thinking about, we did a, a trip to the Hill Country once as a family and we wanted to go to Hamilton Pool. You ever been there? Mm. Heard about it? It's supposed Heard to be just really Hamilton pretty. Pool in the Hill Country. How far is that from Panhandle, Texas? Panhandle? It's a long way. I bet yeah. it is. It's not as far from <laughs> Dallas where we live, but unlike the Dallas area where we live. Well, I heard about it, that Hamilton Pool. I mean, which means I haven't heard about it, but I like you. <laughs> it's good. So unlike in the Dallas area, 
around Austin, Spicewood, San Antonio, there are like these really pretty places you can go to and visit. Hmm. Yeah, it's just pretty neat. So really wanted to go there. Um, so planned this whole trip, had another family with us, drove down there, got a hotel, all this stuff. We had a few other things planned, but that was like the highlight, you know. We show up, and the first thing, there's a lady there before you can even drive into the area that says, what name is your reservation under? Uh-oh. <laughs> and, I, <clears throat> and I said, reservation? What do you mean reservation? This is like a this is like a public place, right? You just pay and you get in. No, apparently you have to register. And so it's one of those like midway through, we just kind of realized, man, that this, this again, this never felt pressing or important on the front end because we got there. You know, the trip still happened. Mm. But the whole point of the trip was to go do this one thing. We didn't end up getting to mm. do that. Yeah, we found some other fun stuff to do. But because it didn't feel pressing and urgent on the front end, um, we later found out that didn't work out. It was super important that we <laughs> looked into that and did a little bit of research. And so the Hamiltons with their pool, they like more people to come in. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No, more people are kept out. More people are kept out of the Hamiltons pool, especially suspicious-looking pool. The pool. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah. You guys, the Martin family's pretty suspicious for sure. And we haven't mentioned this yet, and we're going to talk more about and hopefully in the next episode about um, the biblical training side of this thing. But preparing students to cross into another culture, um, that is so important. And that's one of the things that, that we leave out and that was left out in all of my mission trips and can end up being a real problem if they're not prepared to cross into another culture and and become somebody who God can use in that more effectively, I should say, in that culture. So – Brad, you bring up a good point. So on one side, you got this idea that God can use anything. Right. And it's it's not a bad thing to get involved in missions. It just could be so much better with training. Right. But, right. but you're talking about cross-cultural training and taking a group of students into a different context, a different cultural setting without any training and how that can be a bad thing. I, I think it'd be good for the audience just to identify, here's some of the, here's some of the downsides Here's some of the consequences that are out there potentially if you don't do the training, if you don't spend time, take time, invest in training your team well. What what are you guys what do you what have you seen? I would say at the top of the list is missionaries aren't really helped. Right. You know, if you've got like a church planning partner, whoever it is you're going to partner with, and your team arrives and they've not been taught why they're there that this isn't about them yeah they haven't been taught flexibility they haven't been taught the importance of prayer and seeing what they're doing as part of a bigger work and that giving value to even seemingly menial things that they're doing well now the missionary turns into like a basically a glorified tour guide with these students there Mm -hmm. going hey what's next what are you going to show us now yeah, because mission trips are not just about transforming these kids, but making an impact on the field, too. Helping. I mean, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, coming alongside what's already going on, what God's already doing. I'll see your missionaries aren't helped, Kai, and mm-hmm. I'll raise you to a missionary sometimes are even hindered by those kinds of teams. Like, it distracts them from their ongoing work if we come in like that, as we come in like tourists. Hey, when are we going to see something cool? When are we going to exchange our money? Where are we going to use our souvenir money? All that stuff. It can actually be a burden for them, for a team like that to come in. We've, right. We've yeah, talked we've, to missionaries like that. I was going to say, I remember a couple times where we wanted to 
some missionaries we were working with wanted to put us in touch with some other missionaries. And at first they were like, no, 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 we don't do teams and here's why. Mm-hmm. And the guy that has worked with us before was like, no, no, no I get that. These teams are different and here's why. Da, da, da. But, but And really the reason they were different was the training, right? It wasn't selection or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We've seen that shift over 20 years, you know. When we would talk to uh, missionaries 15, 20 years ago, they were – no, we don't like we don't take high school students. We mm. might take college students, but not high school students because it was a problem. Yeah, they weren't helping them. They mm-hmm. were distracting them. Uh, you know, a big part of our job is finding missionaries who really want to work with students and really will use students well. If that if that team comes in that's trained well, and in those early days, man, that was mm. not easy. That was right. hard to find missionaries that would. You know, I remember saying that. Hey, we have a student team. They're like, oh, we love student teams. I'm like, they're all high school. Oh, we don't do high school. Like, no way. We, we'll take college students because they're more mature or whatever. But the, the maturity is always a factor, but training can mm-hmm. offset so much of that if you train these teams well. Then we began to have missionaries want our teams because they were trained, and that's what they would tell us over and over. But you also end up with students that aren't connecting that trip with the rest of their life. Right. And so you have a group of students who – may experience a mission trip and they continue on this faith journey assuming that it's really all about them they think their faith journey is all about them what their experience how they're loved how they serve what they do and not about god's glory they don't make that connection without the training yeah it it, that's you can talk a lot about how it doesn't help on the field but if the goal is transformation and you don't do training the the likelihood that that student comes back and just goes, well, that was a cool experience, and it, it wears off before they, they get back home, before the van gets home, before the flight home. It's the, the feeling of that experience can, can fade away, and then there's nothing because it didn't integrate. Yeah, there's so many pitfalls that are just natural, right? Mm-hmm. Not because students are inherently sinful and selfish or immature or anything like that, but just, just the whole idea of a trip especially if you look at like social media culture and stuff like that, the instinctive nature is to, oh, look what I did. Look what I got mm-hmm. to do. See how I did this? See how I did that? And so that that's kind of the default mentality unless that's corrected on the front end. And same thing with applying it back home, right? I mean, just, just the word trip, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. that in itself kind of insinuates, hey, this is the thing you're going to leave, you're going to do it, and you're going to come back and it will be done versus a training that sets them up from the beginning thinking, hey, this whole thing is not just about you having such and such experience and being done with it, but about you learning how to live an on-mission lifestyle. You think about there's there's a lot of people that don't see any value in short-term mission trips. I know. Just, just, I'm not talking about good, bad, or ugly. There's like, no, short-term mission trips, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of money. It, it doesn't help anything. You know, you know, we should be using that money, just giving it to you know children in need or whatever. And and so much of that to me is based on this idea that so many mission trips are done without training, so that this impact on the field in the lives of the students is missing. Mm-hmm. And you can point to those rare cases where yeah, but that that guy's on the mission field because he went on a trip one day. But yet there's so much more out there if you'll stop and think about training and and really begin to try to do that well because you there's that saying uh, i think i had a guy in college that taught me low motive's better than no motive you know like at least it gets you going but the danger of this is that you can have 
a whole team of people doing this for the wrong reasons, with the wrong ideas of why they're doing it, the wrong emphasis on what they're doing and, and why they're there. I mean, just so many different things. And so we spent, we spent plenty of time talking about the dangers, talking about the consequences. The, the, we're making the case that training is important by showing you all this horror stories, I guess the worst case scenario, right? So let's turn this thing just, just for a little bit and talk about why. why. Why is it so important that you do training? And, and, and really what we're talking about here is what, what kind of training it has to be in order for it to do what we're hoping it will accomplish. Yeah, officially called missiology, right? The, the study of missions. Why are we doing this? And we get that from the, from the Word. We get that from Scripture. So um, that's what we do, and that's where everyone should start is what does, how does the Bible capture uh, God's mission? How does it capture our involvement? And um, we, we plug into it that way. We don't get away from what the Bible has already told us mission should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of those answers are are really simple if you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's what we've all, the verses we've heard all of our lives growing up in the church about go therefore and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing those scriptures and seeing God's heart and this is why we're doing this. Yeah, if you if you base your training, if you go, our training is grounded in the in the Bible and God's Word. I like how you put that, Kai. It makes the answer so simple because all of a sudden your students will know why they're doing this. They 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 will know much more than just why they're going on a mission trip, but why God has a mission in the first place. You know, every nation, tribe, and tongue, like it starts to become very very clear when you're training them with that biblical perspective, and then and then it starts to inform us on the questions like what are we going to do what what is missions you know what what is the work of missions is is it missions to go and do manual labor well i think it can be right but when you when you look at what the bible says it's like sharing the gospel sowing seeds uh, praying plowing the ground like those things are the are the work of missions taking the gospel to places where they people need to hear it right yeah in fact i think it's I think it can be helpful to make a distinction between missions and ministry, right? Sure. We do a lot of stuff even at IGO that I would say is ministry, and that's not to take it down a notch, right? It's still good. It's still helpful. Yep. It's the whole Jesus saying, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth, right? That the church should be a bright spot on a very practical level, whether that's orphan care, all these kinds of things. Yeah. But to isolate our terminology, when we say the word mission, that word is classically, historically referred to the mission Jesus gave the church when he left, right? Which is to go and make disciples of all nations, yep. right? Like preach the gospel, build the church to every tribe and tongue, right? That's the mission, the goal that we're supposed to accomplish. Yeah. Teaching your students the value of just serving, there's a, there's a lot of importance in that. You know, ministry, like you're talking about, going and serving people, doing stuff that's just serving people is really, really uh, valuable. All of us need to re- be reminded that we're called to serve um, and not to be served. But then to, to be involved in missions and to see it become much bigger than a trip, you really have to have this gospel focus of 
we're sharing the gospel, we're making disciples, we're telling people who maybe have never heard about Jesus about this amazing good news. And then that begins to translate because it's so much bigger. When you do training this way, it's so much bigger than just that trip. It, you're, you're looking at the Bible and you see, oh wait, all of life is this. Mm -hmm. Everything I'm here to do is really to make him famous, make him known. Yeah, I think when we hear the word training, sometimes we, our minds jump to something extra biblical you know like when mm -hmm. we hear about mm -hmm. preaching and teaching we think oh well that's you know for those of us that are kind of probably running our our circles right we think exposition right we think like looking at a text explaining it and applying it to our lives but then we heard the word training we think oh that's a whole nother set of mm -hmm. principles and ideas and things that's like exercise someone else came up with in a box somewhere right and it's like no this is it's the same thing, right? It's just going to Scripture saying, what does God say about the church mm. and being on mission and what that means for us, explaining that, and then applying it specifically to a trip or a context that a student lives in in their daily life. And if you can begin to shape that student on the front end before they ever get on a plane or on a bus, if you can begin to shape that on the front end, you're going to get a very different outcome. This outcome... At IGO, we, we, we started uh, giving it a tagline or whatever, like a motto. Like we kind of came up with this the last couple of years after what we've been seeing for 20 years, and that is it's short-term missions with a long-term impact. That if, if you approach this with this training as a priority, as a value, as, man, we're going to really make sure these students are trained well from a biblical perspective, then you can do short-term missions and really see a long-term impact. And that's long-term impact on the field, for sure, but, man, long-term impact outcome in the lives of these students. And, I mean, that's, that's the cool thing about what we get to do is we, we know all these stories of these students who came through, signed up for a trip, they came and got this training from us um, that's not, man, it's not because we're wizards or anything. So we're just going to the Bible saying, mm -hmm. Here, here's what the Bible says, and here's how we should do this, and here's why we should do this. And it changes them because mm -hmm. that's what God's Word does, and mm -hmm. it creates this long-term impact, changes the trajectory of their lives because of it. And that's been amazing and to see. And that's what they tell us. That's what the majority of, of the ones that we stay in contact with of our alumni they tell us, tell us about how it impacted your life. They rarely speak about the trip. Yeah, yeah. And they, they have great stories. Oh, yeah. That. They met people, that amazing experiences. But when they go back to what changed them, Tra yeah, training. it was the teaching and the training. And it was, that was, some of them came through three times before they really got that training. Like, it really sunk in. But then it changed their life. And we hear that all the time. So here, here's, here's a question just real fast while we're wrapping up is, if a youth minister is listening to this, or a church leader, or somebody in a youth group even, and you're going, okay, how do we get this training, or how do we train our students this way? Like, what are the options that we have? Because we, we tell people all the time, is not a sending organization, we're a training organization. We can help you put together the trip from start to finish, but what we love to do is train. So how can we train, and how can we help churches with this training? Well, we do have base camps in the yep. summer, um, typically multiple days before the trip. Um, at a camp or uh, somewhere similar, and um, they come, y'all come to us, and we already have a training set up, or we can come to you. We can come to that church one day, two days, or half-day trainings. That we can, we can be flexible with it. We can put the training together however they can uh, fit it in. 
Yeah, we have different levels because we know that when you're planning a mission trip, you gotta, you're trying to keep the cost low so that more people can be involved in that. And so we have different levels of training. That base camp that Brad's talking about, a couple days with us, it's the full training package. Right. We're gonna talk about it in detail in the next episode, but that's the best experience. And then there's that experience where we can come to you and do a half day, kind of a scaled down version of that training. We're still getting the the core essential elements of it. Um, but then we have we have something new. Yeah, so if you were to do that, if you were to bring our team in to lead like a one day to half day seminar, um, we can do that. We The cost on that is usually about 50 bucks a person, which isn't too bad when you consider the cost of the trip. If you know you're gonna do it ahead of a time, you just tack it on there. Hey, that's just part of the trip cost. Usually not too big of a deal. But let's just say you had a team of 20 people. I've got a calculator here. Oh. So I'm gonna do the math right here. 20 times 50, you'd be spending about $1,000. And that's just for a one-time deal, just for that team. You know, no one else is gonna get to benefit from that. So one thing we came up with to try to make this more available for people is our online training course, where for $500, you can get basically um, that training seminar in a box, right? Where it's a series of videos, an outline, for how you can plan it you don't even have to plan the whole thing right it's got to schedule everything you would need to set up a training day for your students for 500 bucks and then next year you can use that again or if you've got like a middle school trip and a high school trip you can use it for both teams and use it multiple years i mean heck you could even turn it into a wednesday night series if you run out of ideas and just need uh yeah. need some fill in for teaching so um really really great tool for people who want to add a training experience but don't really have the time to do it and don't want to mess with bringing us in or anything like that. Yeah, it's kind of push and play. Like, here's a video of us doing the, a, a core teaching, and here's some discussion guides. So you're leading the team. You're leading the training, but you're using this video resources and the PDFs that we send. And, man, the more students that you have go through this training, the, the less the cost is per student. I mean, it's very, very affordable when you put it that way. And it is. It's not – like a different version of our training. It's our training. It's it's what we teach when we come to you. It's what we teach at base camp. You know, not the full experience that you have, but it's man. If you don't know how to train your your team, or you're looking for the easiest way to do this, that online training is absolutely the easiest way. It's a great investment, and you can find that on our website, igoglobal.org. Obviously, so that's. The most underrated aspect of mission trips is training. And we were hoping like for 20 something years, we've been trying to elevate that and make it not underrated at all, make it priority and, and show the value of it. In the next episode, we're gonna talk about the essential nature of that training. What is that training? What does that training have to be focused on? We're gonna walk you through the IGO training. We're gonna tell you, here's how we train teams. Here's the things that we focus on. Here's the things that we think are most important. And we've seen God use it for 20 something years now of really changing the lives of students and setting them up to make a real strong impact on the field. So Brad, Kai, last words before we close this thing down. The music's already playing, you can hear it. So if this intrigues you at all, you don't want to miss the next episode. Yes, that's right where I will be co-hosting once again. Co Brad will be co-hosting once again. Uh, Nate, I hope you got your jog in and uh, we're able to finish all the way through. We're so thankful for all eight of our listeners. 
And uh, yeah, please tell somebody about this. Tune in next time. We're talking about training, talking about IGO, live on mission. <laughs>